everybody, welcome to the X Report. I'm Raven X, and this week's episode we are going to do a bit differently. I may or may not have forgotten all about NXT TakeOver War Games and to do my predictions, and so I am doing them at the top of the show instead of at the bottom of the show because, yeah, that's where we are right now. Now, before I get started, just want to let you guys know that I am about three or four weeks behind on NXT TakeOver, so please be gentle with me. I'm trying to get caught up before TakeOver, so if any of my explanations sound out of date or maybe a bit confusing, it's okay because they are, in fact, out of date and possibly confusing. Um, cheap plugs, of course, please sure check out the export.net, RP the export.net. You'll hear the rest in a few minutes once I get done. Um, so starting things off, NXT Tag Team Championship. Um, Imperium defending their titles against Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner. I have Imperium, one, because I'm excited to see what Imperium is able to do as champion, especially for a prolonged amount of time. Plus, I don't think they're going to drop the belt until MSK comes back and um, wins them back, of course. Uh, but that being said, I think that Kyle O'Reilly is kind of on borrowed time with NXT. I think his time there is very limited, and I think Von Wagner is going to be moving up to the main roster soon. And so, with that being said, I think that Imperium is going to win, but it's going to be a banger of a match because three out of the four participants of this match are very good, and I'm not that sure about Von Wagner. None personal. Uh, Cruiserweight Championship, Roderick Strong versus Joe Gacy. Not going to lie to you. Have not yet seen how this really came about, but I'm cool with it. I'm going Roderick Strong. I think that while Joe Gacy has definitely been one of the more interesting characters of NXT 2.0, I think that they're really trying to build up the diamond mine as this prolific group of prize fighters. And with that being said, I think that Roger Strong could definitely um, help elevate the title, the Cruiserweight title, a title that has really been in such high esteem over the last few years because of the previous champions. And so I think Roger Strong defends, but I think that Joey Gacy will definitely have a bit help of help from Harlan. Don't know his last name. Big, creepy, bald-looking guy. Like I said, I'm behind. Moving on to the hair versus hair match. Cameron Grimes uh, going up against Duke Hudson. This is tough. Maybe if I was more up to date, I probably would like have a better idea. But I'm going Cameron Grimes. I think that, well, well, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go Cameron Grimes. I think that right now Duke Hudson um, is very is very in a state where he's too big for his britches or whatever, and so he doesn't think that he can be touched, whereas Cameron Grimes is a guy who continues to be in the spotlight. Though I preferred him as a heel. I mean, big money Grimes is still great too, and I think that this will be a nice way for him to get another big win on the pay-per-view as well as kind of just to make himself as still like a player to be recognized with. And I think that Wild Duke Hudson is definitely um, – I think he's also on the rise of stardom. I think that he could definitely see a lot more opportunities coming his way in due time. I think that it's still Cameron Grimes' time right now. Uh, moving on to the women's war games match, we got Team Raquel with Raquel Gonzalez, Katie Ray, Io Shirai, and Cora Jade versus Toxic Attraction and Dakota Kai. This was tough because normally I don't like to go in the direction of faces just because especially for storyline purposes. I just, I normally don't. But I think that in this instant, it makes more sense for the faces to win. Like I said, still several weeks behind. But I do think that one, Raquel's team is stronger. I mean, you have three former NXT Women's Champions, like, who are all pretty badass. No disrespect to Toxic Attraction, but your best member is Dakota Kai. It's not even close. But yeah, I got Team Raquel winning. I think that it just... 
Especially because I feel like it might be the final swan song for quite a few people on this roster. Like, I can see Raquel getting moved up. Um, same for Dakota Kai. Um, Io Shirai definitely could be moved up, but they may choo um, choose to keep her just to kind of keep things not too, too different. Plus, it'll be a nice leap, leap pad um, for Cora Jade. So, I'm going to go with Team Raquel on this one. And then finally, men's war games. We have the team old school, made up of Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, L.A. Knight, and Pete Dunne, facing off against team new school, made up of Carmelo Hayes, Braun Breaker, Tony D'Angelo, and Grayson Waller. I don't really know the build um, of this. I'm not going to call you. Uh, I know that Grayson Waller and L.A. Knight kind of have a thing going on. Carmelo got a little something-something. The NXT I'm on now... He's facing off against Pete Dunne, and you know he's kind of had that thing with uh, Johnny Gargano and Dexter Loomis. Uh, and then, of course, Braun Breaker versus Tommaso Ciampa at Halloween Havoc. With all that being said, I'm going team old school. I think that while the NXT is definitely trying to usher in a new era of new stars and new talent, I do think that the experience is definitely on the side of team old school. And maybe call me a homer, but... When team old school, quote unquote, like the black and gold brand was my favorite brand for a few years. And I really enjoyed what they were doing. And while I'm not going to lie, my attentiveness to it has kind of dropped off a bit. I do think that the pillars of guys like Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, even Pete Dunne, and you can, I guess throwing LA Knight in there. I think that they still deserve their last hoorah, especially if Johnny Gargano really does leave. But yeah, those are my predictions for NXT TakeOver. They're probably all wrong. I probably don't know anything that I'm talking about. But even still, that's what I got for you. Thank you guys for listening. And back to your regularly scheduled X Report content. Thanks for listening, guys. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the X Report. I'm Raven X. And alongside me, as always, is Biggie, a.k.a. Ethan Tate, a.k.a. Somebody Who. I'm guessing is putting his money on Georgia's defense this weekend. How you doing today, Ethan? I'm doing good. I'm definitely putting my money on Georgia's defense. As much as I hate to say it, I still feel like Alabama's going to find a way to pull it out. I've just seen this story too many times before. Alabama doesn't look as strong as everybody thinks they do, and then bam, they come out and they still win, which is very unfortunate. But it is what it is. But talking about things that are fortunate, we're going to talk about the future of Jimmy G if he is traded from the 49ers. What team should possibly go after him? Boogie Cousins signs with the Milwaukee Bucks. We're going to talk about that fit and the expectations we have for him for the season. And then we're going to close out the show talking about if the Phoenix Suns should be considered NBA title favorites. But before we get to any of that, please be sure to check out the xreport.net. I repeat, the xreport.net for exclusive sports content written by yours truly and fellow export writers. Previous episodes of our lovely podcast and our YouTube channel entitled The Extra Perk. So, first things first, let's go ahead with our college football player spotlight. And we are going to show some love to cornerback, um, particularly Cincinnati junior quarterback Ahmad Gardner. Ahmad Gardner has been one of the most talked about corners this year after allowing one of the lowest completion percentage in the league, as well as also picking up three passes, has four deflections, really has been the personification of a lockdown corner this season. Ethan, we all know the saying, you can never have too many good DBs. What team should be looking to draft Gardner? They are not my second favorite team. 
They're just the Cincinnati LSU Tigers. That's all. I mean, but the way you, you root for them, you might as well. I root for Joe and Jamar. I don't care about and Thaddeus Moss when he actually gets to play. I really don't care about nobody else. I want them to be great every week when they're not playing us. If anything, my second favorite team, it used to be the Bucks. But then Tom Brady got there, so I don't know. I like the Vikings. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. But I, I see what you said. But yeah, I was I would say them because um like since they added Jamar Chase, like yes, they still have a weak offensive line, but their offense seems to be it seems to be really formidable and potent. And one of the things I think that they could do to help that especially because, I mean, he goes to University of Cincinnati. But I'm actually going to go to another AFC North team, and I am going to say the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, we could definitely talk all day and night about how they need a new quarterback, but I don't think the Steelers are going to be a team that's just going to draft a rookie. I think they want to bring another veteran in there. So with that being said, I do think that a player like Jumaya Gardner would be a great player for the beginning of the first round. We've seen time and time again. Their secondary has looked rough. Even when Joe Hayden has been healthy, their cornerbacks have not looked good. It has really been a struggle across the board. I mean, you can tell just this past week losing Mike Hilton and seeing what he did against them in that Bengals game. So I think that the Steelers really need to help out their secondary, especially because we know they have pass rushers. Cam Hayward is great. Um, Stephon Tewitt, of course, T.J. Watt. But their secondary lacks a lot of that same spark um, excluding Mike uh Fitzpatrick. So I think that the Steelers will be a really nice fit for Gardner if he is available when they draft. But all right, let's go ahead and take a look back at Week 12, starting with the trio of Thanksgiving games. The Bears beat Lions 16-14. Raiders defeat the Cowboys in overtime 36-33. Bills handle business against the Saints 31-6. Um, Jets beat Texans 21-14. My Ravens held on despite a Hideous performance by Lamar Jackson, 16-10. Um, Falcons beat the Jags 21-14. Patriots put the beating on the Titans 36-13. Was not really expecting that one. Um, Giants beat the Eagles 13-7. Uh, Bengals sweep the Steelers 41-10. Uh, Bucks outlast the, Cap- the Colts 38-31. Uh, Dolphins beat Panthers 33-10. Uh, Broncos upset the Chargers 28-13. 49ers edge out the Vikings 34-26. And then the Packers defeated the Rams 36-28. Monday Night Football, after a very dramatic finish, the Washington football team defeat the Seattle Seahawks 17-15. This was easily my worst prediction week. I went 4-8. Ethan, you went 6-6. What are your takeaways from this past week of action? This past week of action, um, teams that we thought were losing their stuff are definitely starting to get their stride, and that's a dangerous thing come playoff team, come playoff time, I'm sorry, um, the Bucks, it seems like they're kind of, they kind of 
championship team they've had since the departure of Tom Brady. Like last year, they had a lot of guys that obviously opted out due to COVID. They had Cam Newton, their quarterback. We know that he wasn't the prototypical quarterback that Bill Belichick likes to have on his team. Now you have guys back. You bring in some amazing free agent signings like Matt Judon, who has, if I'm not mistaken, like nine sacks on the season. You have a John Lee Smith, you have a Hunter Henry, and you just have a Ricky quarterback that's playing well above his years, and it's looking like the Pats might sneak up and end up being the top seed in the AFC. I see you on that. Um, as always, my takeaways can be found at theextraport.net. Not right now, though. I haven't recorded them yet, but I'm doing that as soon as this is over. But let's go ahead and move on to some of the biggest injury news. First things first, it was a tough week for running backs. Don't believe me? Starting off with Dalvin Cook, who's going to be out for an extended amount of time with a dislocated shoulder and torn labrum. Christian McCaffrey is done for the year after being put back on IR after sustaining an ankle injury. And Lions running back DeAndre Swift will be out for the next several weeks with a sprained shoulder. Um, the Buffalo Bills were dealt a tough blow, losing cornerback Tredavious White for the rest of the year with a torn ACL. As a LSU Tiger, that hurts my heart to say. Um, Browns lose starting right tackle Jack Coughlin for the year with the torn patella. And then, honestly, I think this is the biggest blow of them all. 49ers lose Debo Samuel for the foreseeable future with a groin strain. So kind of going back to the running back position. I mean, this has been a rough year for running backs, as we all know. Alvin Kamara has been out the last few weeks. Derrick Henry's out potentially for the year. Dalvin Cook, we just mentioned DeAndre Swift. Of the losses so far, who, what running back that is healthy right now do you think is going to benefit the most out of the top guys being out? Oh, Jamal Williams. 